0: Hebrews 5, uh, starting in verse 11, we'll read uh, through the end of the chapter, down through 14. The author writes, we have much to say about this. He's talking about that high priest stuff we just mentioned. But it is hard to explain because you are slow to learn. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk. Not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk. Being still an infant. Is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature. Who by constant use. Have trained themselves to distinguish. Good from evil. In a moment. He's going to press on. And he's going to get into the solid food. But there's a warning here. There's a warning here. And so. I. Based on the text we just read, I, I just want you to know our, our lesson this morning is a really, really important one. And it's a lesson that every Christian needs to understand. And that lesson is this, ready? Jesus is a better meal. Jesus is a better meal. And I, I want to just share with you three truths here, okay? And, and here's the first thing I want you to understand, ready? Jesus is the bread of life, Right? Jesus is the bread of life. That's who he identifies himself. This is one of the seven I am statements of the book of John. Jesus is the bread of life. And he teaches us that as such, we need to partake of him regularly. We need to to eat of him regularly. We need to abide in him regularly. And and so uh, this section here in Hebrews uh, 11 through 14, it's it's all about food, right? It is all about um, spiritual uh, nourishment. But I want to ask you a question, though that's what this section is about. What, what's the greater battle being waged here in the book of Hebrews? What, what's the bigger argument that's going on? It, it, it's, it's the argument of, about the, the, the struggle between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant, right? That's what's going on. That is the battle being waged. So we've got to see this text in light of the bigger text. light of the bigger text is there's a battle being waged between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. Jesus is the fulfillment of all of the Old Covenant, right? That's the point. Jesus is, is the fulfillment of everything back here. So we're talking about food. So let me ask you this. What's the the most famous food in the Old Testament, in the Old Covenant? What is that? What, What do we think of when we think about the Old Covenant? We think about manna, don't we? We think about that great bread from heaven, 40 years in the desert, God feeds his people with manna from heaven. So the question we need to ask ourselves then is how did the people uh, that, are, that are receiving this letter, and remember this is just a little bit after Jesus' day, so we could, we could go back and say, well, well, how did the people in Jesus' day uh, view this manna from heaven? What did they think about the manna from heaven? Because that's going to give us a pretty good idea of of Jewish thought and what these guys that are receiving this letter kind of thought about the manna from heaven. And so turn with me then to the book of John, chapter 6, and you guys are going to turn to verse 25. John, chapter 6, verse 25. And while you turn to 25, I'm going to tell you what begins in in verse 1. John chapter 6, Jesus crosses over the Sea of Galilee with all of his disciples and he goes up on a mountainside and he's going to begin to teach and great crowds are going to gather. Um, so many so that, that, that literally it's thousands of folks and, and, and Jesus, you know, does the Jesus thing and he kind of teaches them kind of throughout the day and he's healing the sick and, and all this kind of great stuff is going on and then he looks at his disciples and says, listen, we're, we're going to have to feed these folks. They're like, well, we, we, we don't have enough wages. We don't even know where we would go to get all the food. How would we feed all these folks? And, and, and Jesus says, tell them to sit down, instructs them to sit down. And they sit down, right? And you remember, and, and this is the feeding of, of the 5,000. There's five loaves. There's two fish. He, he's going to feed thousands of folks. We, we're figuring somewhere twelve fifteen thousand 15,000 folks, somewhere around there. Uh, Jesus feeds all these people. That's because they didn't count women and children, remember? And so he feeds all these, these people, five loaves, uh, Two fish, and, and remember, we've walked through this before, how that worked. And so the disciples, they, they sat down, and the disciples could only carry what they could carry. And they would go out, and they would feed, you know, maybe a section. What would they have to do? They'd have to come back to Jesus, because he's the source. And then they, they would get full again, and then they would go out, and they'd feed the people, and then they'd get full, and, then they, you know, and this is how it went, right, until everybody's fed. Now, here's, here's, here's what it says. It says that everybody ate five loaves, two fish, and they got their full they they were completely full they were stuffed and, and then, after their stuff, Jesus tells his disciples, now you hop back in the boat. I want you to cross to the other side of the lake. I'm going to go away and pray. He begins to pray. You remember the storm breaks out uh, as they're, they're trying to cross. They can't get across. They're, they're rowing and rowing. These are fishermen. They're being buffeted. I mean, slapped, attacked, hit uh, by all the waves. And then, and then here comes Jesus walking on water. They think they've died. Uh, that's how bad the storm is. Peter says, listen, if it's you, tell me to come. He jumps out of the boat. Jesus is walking on water. Peter is walking on water. Peter takes his eyes off. Of Jesus and sinks like a rock. Jesus saves him, puts him in the boat, rebukes Peter uh, which kind of rebukes the rest of them that wouldn't even get out of the boat. Rebukes the storm, dies down, they cross to the other side and they go to bed. That's not in there, but we're pretty sure they went to sleep, right? End of the day. Now, where we pick up verse 25 is that very next morning. So we pick up in verse 25 all, <coughs> excuse me, all this has just gone. It says when they found him this is the next morning on the other side of the lake. This is the crowds. Uh, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? And Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. You are looking for me, not because you saw miraculous signs, but because you ate the loaves and you had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. On him, God the Father has placed a seal of approval. Then they asked him, what must we do Uh, To do the works that god requires jesus answered the work of god is this to believe by the way That sounds a whole lot like grace, doesn't it? So what works do we have to do? He said you just got to believe there's nothing you can do Other than believe that's kind of a big deal Jesus answered uh, Again, the, the work of god is this to believe in the one that god has sent So they asked him what miraculous sign then will you give that? We may see it and believe you Now, time out for a second what miraculous sign will you give? I just took five loaves and two fish and fed thousands of folks until you were full. What miraculous sign? I I didn't have a boat. I walked over here on water. What what miraculous? I'm I'm just just put your ah. Verse thirty one. Well, our forefathers ate the manna in the desert. As it's written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth, it is not Moses who's given you the bread from heaven, but it is my father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, from now on, give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. So the crowds show up the next day. Jesus has already crossed over. He took a slightly different route than the rest, took a shortcut. He crosses over, the crowds come, and and what do they want? Now they're acting like they're seeking him, but Jesus kind of cuts to the heart of it, verse 26, and, and he says, You're hungry. That's what he says, you're, you're, you're seeking me, get, get this, this is verse 26, I, I tell you the truth, you're looking for me not because you saw miraculous signs, but because you ate the loaves and you had your fill. He's saying you're hungry again, that's why you have come to seek me out. And then he begins to talk to them about Moses and this old covenant and, and this old bread, right? And we kind of get the heart of how these people are wired. And, and, and we get it when we when talk about Moses and they say, well, well, listen. Listen, uh, you gave us bread yesterday, but you know what? That Moses guy, he fed our families, our ancestors. He fed them for 40 years in the desert. And, and look at what it says. Here's the verse on, on the screen so you can read it. It says, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. He gave them. I want you to see the mentality. The, the, the mentality here uh, is, is, is this. So since Moses did that, why don't you feed us? That's the mentality. The mentality of the Jewish people, you want to know how they thought about manna from heaven. Here's their mentality. Feed us. You feed us. That, 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 that's their mentality. And so, so with that mentality, uh, Jesus addresses them into in, that type of mindset. He says, uh, verse 35, I'm, I'm the bread of life. I, I, I'm the bread of life. That's the difference between Moses and me. I am the bread of life. And and he who comes to me will never go hungry. He who believes in me will never be be thirsty. Why? Verse 51 shows that to us. Because I'm the living bread. Jesus says, I'm the living bread. Okay? You look at John 4. Jesus talks to the Samaritan woman. What does he say to her? He says, listen, I've got living water. Anyone that believes in me will, will never thirst again. Look at John 15. He says, listen, I'm the vine. If you remain in me, you're going to bear much fruit. This is to my Father's glory, everlasting fruit. By by the way, I want you to see this. All of those passages are all about about nourishment, eating and drinking and producing fruit. It's all about being full. In fact, John 10 would talk about it as overflowing with fullness. Remain in me, you'll never be hungry. Partake in me, and you'll, you'll never be thirsty. You'll be abounding with everlasting food. If you're in me. Now back to Hebrews, back to Hebrews. I want, I want you to hear the pastor's heart for this people. He's saying, listen, listen, I, I, I told you, listen, I, I, I taught you about this Jesus. Like I taught you about the bread of life. I taught you about living water. I, I taught you about an everlasting fruit. So how is it that you're not full? That's the question. Like, like I have taught you about Jesus, the the bread of life. I've taught you about Jesus, the living water. I've taught you about Jesus, the vine who produces good fruit, everlasting fruit. How is it that you're not full? How, How is it that you're not stuffed? How come this isn't a reenactment of 10 minutes after Thanksgiving served? How is it? that you were still asking me to come and to feed you again? And then the author answers his question. Ready? It's a tough answer. Verse 11, he says, the reason why is because you're slow to learn. Now, another translation says dull of hearing, but that doesn't mean that the people are dumb. Literally, it translates slothful, or lazy. You want to know why they are asking him for food? Because they have a feed me mentality. Because they themselves have grown lazy. That's the heart of it. I just want to share this with you, and I'm sorry if it stings a bit, but you need to hear it. You've got to see this. Lazy people always want to be fed. Lazy people always want to be fed. Lazy people want to fish. They don't want to learn how to fish. Lazy people want to fish. They don't want to learn how to fish. You ever notice that when Jesus calls his disciples, he doesn't say, hey, come follow me and I'll make you an eater. He doesn't say, hey, hey, come follow me and you'll become a professional eater. You know, it's like Nathan's hot dog championship. You follow me and, and that's what you'll become. A worldwide professional eater. Now he says, you come follow me and I'll make you a fisher. Follow me and I will teach you how to fish. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. And so you've got to see the people here in Hebrews have the same mentality as the people back in John chapter 6. And that mentality is feed meat feed me i i i want to be fed and that mentality isn't just something that we see back in the new testament but it's something that we see all over the world today in churches all over our nation even and 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 here's the best way that i can put guys this is like walking into golden corral and sitting down at the table waiting for a waitress you know I mean, I mean, this is the heart of it. If you want to know what that is, you go to Golden Corral. Like It's the biggest buffet on earth these days. I think they boast that they've made 52 million entrees and they're all waiting there. I mean, anything that you want to eat. But when you walk into the restaurant, you don't go sit down and wait for the waitress, do you? Why? Because there's plates and hot food waiting behind you. And, and the people that have this kind of mentality are starving because they've walked in and they're sitting down and they're waiting for somebody to get up and feed them, not understand that the meal is is ready and available at all times. They miss out on the fact that Jesus is the meal. And that if they'll just be with him, spend time with him, partake of him, they'll never be hungry, they'll never be thirsty, they will always be full. In truth, they'll actually be overflowed. It's a big deal for two number two what you to understand this morning that when you eat with Jesus there are always leftovers when you eat with Jesus there are always leftovers back to John chapter 6 let's read it again this time we're going to start in verse 1 okay John chapter six, starting in verse one, it says sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the uh, of the Sea of Galilee. He's coming over this time and a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the miraculous signs that he performed on the sick. And then Jesus went up on the mountainside and he sat down with his disciples and the Jewish Passover feast was near when Jesus looked up and he saw a great crowd coming toward him. He said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked us only to test him, for he already had in mind what he's going to do. Philip answered him, eight months of wages would not buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Another one of his disciples, Andrew Simon Peter's brother, spoke up and said, here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will they go among so many? And Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place and the men sat down, about 5,000 of them. Jesus then took the loaves and he gave thanks and he distributed to those who were seated, get this, as much as they wanted. And he did the same with the fish. When all the people had had enough to eat, another translation would say, had had their full or their fill, he said to the disciples, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. Verse thirteen. So they gathered them and they filled. Get this: twelve baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves that were left over uh, by those that had eaten. Twelve basketfulfuls of, of, of leftover pieces. Twelve baskets full of scraps. That, that, that's, that's what's left over. Five loaves, two fish feed thousands of people, and there are still 12. These are probably not small baskets, by the way. 12 large baskets full of, of scraps. And our writer here, uh, back in Hebrews verse 12, listen, this is what he says um, to the people. He says, in, in fact, though, by this time, you ought to be teachers. You need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. And he says, you need milk, not solid food. He's saying, "Wait, wait a second, you're, you're, you're still needing someone to, to feed you. Why? Because you're not eating with Jesus. Because you're not partaking of, of Jesus. I just need you to see this. I'm just going to share this from my heart. I love you. Um, I am humbled by the fact like I don't get it. I don't grasp it. Um, you guys are awesome. Uh, I, I'm humbled by the fact that there are people in this church that think I'm a good teacher. Y'all are crazy. I'm humbled. But I, I need you. I, I'm going to just share with you a principle about teaching. Ready? Here it is. I always get more out of it than you do. I always, and not just a little more, way more. And and I want to tell you why because this is just a basic principle of teaching. Because I because I, I eat with Jesus a whole week. You know what I'm saying? And then when it's and it's for me. And when it's said and done on Sunday, you know what you guys are getting. The leftovers. <laughs> you get the scraps. All teachers teach out of the scraps of the meal that they've partaken with. That's, that's always it. You always take in and gather all the information. You always, um, it, It's always meaningful to you on a deep level. And you do your very best to try to explain that to others. But it can never mean to them what it has meant to you. You're always teaching out of scraps. And, and, and hear me. This is what the author of Hebrews is saying. He's saying, listen. You ought to be teaching. You ought to be teaching others. And if you had spent any time with Jesus, you would be, because when you dine with Jesus, there are always leftovers to share. Always leftovers to share. Guys, I love you. There should never be a moment in the church where we have to run in our bulletin for 22 weeks that we need workers for Children's Church. You can't tell me you don't know how to teach children the Bible. That is the most ridiculous thing I have ever heard from adults in my life. To tell me that you who have been walking with Jesus from a young age don't know enough about the Lord to share a baby Bible story is tragic. That is tragic. We shouldn't have to run that announcement over and over. Savannah's now in charge. Go see her after church. She needs about 20 more people. Do it once a month. do, Do it once a year. Do it it once, uh, twice a year. It doesn't take much. Well, what do I do? How do I teach children? You're just going to give them the scraps of the meal you had with Jesus. It's that easy. The same is true with small groups. Guys, we need about four more small groups so that everybody in our church can have a place to belong. But we don't ever have anybody that steps up and says, I want to lead a small group. All you got to do is share the scraps from the meal that you have. You know what Jesus says, by the way? Did you catch it? He said, I want you to go pick up all the pieces. You know why? He says, don't let them go to waste. The meal that you have with Jesus is so important that you should never let it go to waste. So why are we letting it go to waste? We've all got to have an avenue to share what Jesus is teaching us, all right? When you eat with Jesus, there are always leftovers. Number three, we'll be done. Jesus provides nourishment for heart, mind, and strength. Jesus provides nourishment for heart, mind, and strength. I want you to see the result of eating with Jesus, of partaking with him on a regular basis. It's, it's verse 13 and 14. It says, anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. Get this verse 14. It's on the screen. But... But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Two words here I want you to understand. Mature, first of all, that, that literally uh, it means to grow up. That's what it means. It's the image of a, of, of a young boy or a girl that becomes a woman or a man, right? And, and it's meant to, to be kind of a physical image. Yeah, I think about my, my children now, and one day they're, they're going to be bigger right? And their frame is going to be bigger and they're going to have more, more muscle, right? They're, they're, they're going to be stronger. And, and that's the picture it's meant to paint. And in fact, if you look at verse 14, that word trained is really important. Uh, it means exercise. And, and the word in Greek is actually the word uh, from which we get our word gymnasium or gym. That's what it means. It means to train. It means to work out. It says mature people have worked out enough get this, that they can discern what God's will is, that they can know what is good and what is evil, that they have the ability to distinguish what is of God and what is of not. That's Romans twelve two, isn't it? Romans twelve two. it's right there that that we might um, know, be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, perfect and pleasing will. That's something most Christians want to know. That's that's one of the top questions we ever get here in church is what is God's will? Well, guess what? You can know God's will. You know how you know God's will? By working out (laughs) on a regular basis, partaking of Jesus on a regular basis, and you'll know the will of God. That's what the Bible says. That's how we get to know the will of God. We spend time with Jesus, the bread of life. So what do we do? What do we do? Right? Understanding this, 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 this word of God, being with Jesus, it nourishes our, our heart and our, our mind and uh, those, those kind of things. Did I miss a point for you? Let me fill in that point for you. Ready? When we eat with Jesus, uh, we build up spiritual muscle. That's what you're looking for. When we eat with Jesus, we build up spiritual muscle. When we, when we eat with Jesus, it, 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 it packs us with spiritual protein and power. It builds us up. It nourishes our heart, mind. Renews our strength. So so what do we do? Let me give you some application. We'll be done. Number one. Don't be lazy. (laughs) Don't be lazy. I want to encourage you. Do not show up just wanting to be fed. And and I I said, now listen. I know when people come to church, there's an expectation. You want to learn. I get that. And that's okay. But here's what I'm saying to you. This time, this time, what we do here during this time, this is a supplement. Supplement. You know what a supplement is? It's something you take on top of your normal diet. That's what a supplement is. Sunday morning is meant by God to be a supplement for God's people. It's supposed to be the extra vitamin and uh, and the extra minerals and the things that you need to continue to grow. The the, the goal of the church is to equip you in your walk with the Lord. The the, the key phrase there is your walk with the Lord, right? And so, so now follow me though. Millions of Christians today uh, think that this supplement is their diet. And if you show up and all you do is take a couple of vitamins and that's your diet, you are going to be devastatingly malnourished, aren't you? And you look at the state of the church today. I mean, the church as a whole, the big picture. And you see a whole lot of malnourishment. And you say to people, that's because... You have to take and eat of this Jesus. You have to take and eat of this Jesus. You've got to learn how to fish. You've got to learn how to fish, okay? Number two leads into that. Don't settle for scraps. Don't settle for scraps. Don't rely on others to feed you. Learn how to study the Bible yourself. No matter how gifted a communicator is, he can never pass on the full depth of all that God is teaching him, it just can't be done. So our hope, our prayer for you, I mean legitimately is this, if you enjoy the scraps, then please run to the source. If you enjoy the scraps, please run to the source because there is a buffet waiting for you. There is a feast in Jesus that is waiting for you. You've just got to run to him. And, and, And friends, it's not that hard. People say, well, how? Well, you pray to him, you talk to him, you walk with him, you can study the word, right? You can listen to worship music. There's, there's, there's more Bible study tools at your fingertips today than there ever have been before. <laughs> you just make sure that you're spending time with the Lord and thinking about the Lord. I, I, little things will help. I, I mean, you, you don't even believe me. Little things will help, right? Less TV, more Bible study. Right now, media, now you have really no excuse. You can hook that sucker up to your TV. And when you think, I just need to sit down for a second. You can sit down, but you can sit down and, and take in stuff that's talking about the kingdom of God, right? I mean, with our phones now, we, we, can, we can literally get in our car and, and listen to a podcast as we drive somewhere. And what are we doing? We're taking in the word of God. We're renewing our minds. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, I'm thinking about these things. And what happens? I'm changed. My mind is focused. Well my mind is focused on the things of God, I can test and approve of God's perfect and pleasing will, okay? So don't settle for scraps. Number three, uh, again, these are all, this is the same stuff, man. I'm just going to keep saying the same thing to you three different ways. Eat right. <laughs> Eat right. Go to the gym, okay? I'm not talking about the real one. If you want to go to the real one, that's cool with me. That's fine. You go do it. Um, if I sweat, I don't like other people to be all up around me. You know what I'm saying? Like, like that's just that's just my deal. That's not you. But if I'm just going to be sweating it out, like I really don't want to be like like on a field outside. That's cool. You know what I'm saying? But when we're like in a little building, we're just oh, like playing basketball. This was always my big thing with basketball, right? But for one, I was short. Like I was four foot eight. Like my whole life. I mean, it's pretty difficult to play basketball when literally the goal is like twice your size, uh, anyway, so it's a little difficult, but um, but the other thing was, I was always a point guard, and, and like, I had to guard people, and and you know, it's the whole, like, like when somebody wants to like, back up against you, and they're like, they're just driving you in backwards, and I'm like, dude, you're all sweaty, please get up off me, you know what I'm saying, like, I, like, I just wanted to have a towel, like, I'm, I'm getting my arm up against him, I'm wanting to wipe it on my leg, and I'm like, yeah, I just played terrible defense, like, I, I can't, so, so you don't have to go to the physical gym, but by golly, you should be going to Jesus and you should be growing in maturity and you should be working this thing called salvation out. Okay. It's worth it. And and then that just, I added one like literally this morning, 6am. So here we go. Ready? Don't waste the leftovers. (laughs) Don't waste the leftovers. Look for opportunities to share what God is doing in your life with other people. You get to do that um, just through relationships. You, you know what? This is the thing I'm loving about about living with Jesus, right? He always provides me with opportunities to, to share what he's doing in my life. Like literally, like, like I, I, Thursday, Thursday... Um, I, Anyway, Thursday, in the office, people are just coming in, and they're just weeping. Like, I don't know what the deal is. I, I wasn't being mean, I promise. I'm not that mean of a guy, but just coming in. I'm like, it's okay. Come here. It's okay. I'll cry with you. I'm very emotional right now. And, but just just got to share with them. Like, listen, it's going to be okay. I know that you feel like you're facing everything. I know that you feel like a failure, but you know what? God says You're enough. God says you're enough, right where you are. Do you know that, that that when you're weak, God is strong for you? And they're like looking at me, like, "What is wrong with you?" And they're like, "But there's stuff messed up in your life." I'm like, "Yeah, my whole life is a wreck, but God is good." Like, like here's what I'm figuring out, you know, like Jesus really is the rock of my salvation, and and I can stand on that rock, and the winds come and they beat against it, but I don't fall. Like that, it's really amazing. So you just got to rest in Him. And we got to have this little sermonette, and was all done. That's what they said. Oh, thank you for the free sermon. It's like, oh, it's all good. I'm just testifying. This is what God is teaching me this week. What's he teaching you? There's always an avenue to share the leftovers. So share the leftovers. And hear me, if, if, if you're not serving, find a place to serve. There's a million ways that you can do it. I'm not, I'm not joking. Children's church, small groups. Uh, I mean, you know, Sunday school, te- we've always got places for you to serve. Things, Ways that you can share, but it doesn't have to be here. What about at work? Just share the leftovers. Can you imagine if you read your Bible every day and you worship Jesus and you spend time with him, how different your work day would be? Okay. I'm looking at Ed because he's retired. I'm like, Kathy's going, gosh, if you, would, if you would every day, can you imagine how different my day would be? No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, But that is hope. She's like, listen, if you just spend time with Jesus, no. Uh, that's, that's, that's how we are. And so just, just make it an effort, okay? Make it an effort. I promise we were met. We were met to be teachers, because we were meant to be overflowing, overflowing with the things of God. Let's share those things. Would you guys pray with me? Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for your word. Um, I pray that it has been right uh, where it, we needed it to be. Uh, God, it is uh, pervasive and it is in us to want um, to rest sometimes. And, and, and not rest in you, I mean, I mean rest from you. Sometimes we just, we get that mindset and and we're kind of like the Jews. We're kind of like the Israelites. We just want to be fed. I just want to be fed. I just need to be fed. It's so pervasive in our church culture today. But the truth is, while we do need a supplement and while we do need the vitamins and while we do need the minerals and while we do need, um, you know, times of, 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 of teaching, the greater truth is that we have in you a spiritual buffet. Like, like that's who we are in you. In you we have access to food that will fill us for the rest of our lives and eternity. To to drink that will fill us for the rest of our lives and eternity. To fruit that will grow us, that will change us forever. You are the bread of life. You are the living water. You are the vine. So make us get up. Help us get up. And help us go and eat. Help us come and eat. Jesus, please. We ask it in your name.